and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast. Greetings. We are Eric and Sarah. And this is going to be our last podcast episode recorded at our home in Colorado before we move this week to San Diego. I was apprehensive about doing an episode because we have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And Sarah said, babe, we are professionals and we put out a <laughs> professional podcast and we are giving them an episode. Mm-hmm. That being said, this might be a little um, scattered because we don't we don't really have an exact topic to talk about. But we're thinking about kind of just wrapping up our experience here over the past couple of years, what we're hoping to leave behind habit-wise, uh, object-wise as well. What we're looking to bring into our lives. Right. And yeah, how we're, we're wanting to start our new chapter in California. Hell yeah. I still have morning voice. I'm sorry I'm a little croaky I today. do too. What time is it? 11? Yeah, we've been uh, sleeping really late and waking up really late. Our schedule has been... 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. asleep. Yeah. Which is about an hour and a half earlier than I would prefer. Sorry, an hour and a half later than I'd prefer. To start your day? Yeah. I just, you know, we've talked about trying like the, uh, whoa, every CEO wakes up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that does not appeal to me. But I think it's 7, 7.30. That's like the good, that's the good zone. Yeah. See, to me, the older I get and the more times I attempt to be a morning person and the more times I fail, the more I consider that maybe it's just not for me and that one day as a musician touring and playing late shows, it'll be good that I have extra energy at night, you know? Right. From everything I've heard from touring musicians, you go to sleep at 3 a.m. and wake up at noon every day. Yeah, which is uh, my entire high school life on the weekend. Actually, noon would be, you don't have to sleep till noon. You can get a good eight hours and wake up at 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, This is like a random thing related to that. But remember a couple weeks back, I was listening to a lot of interviews by famous artists because I was trying to like crack the, not the code, but you know, like artist tip for success. And I was listening to one by Ed Sheeran and he was talking about like during the peak of his career so far after like shape of you hit the airwaves and he was touring he's like i would be in my tour bus parked by the arena or stadium or whatever he's like i would sleep all day i'd wake up for my show at night play my show afterwards like party all night get really drunk and then go to sleep do it all again and for six months i didn't see the sun he was like it was my absolute career like best and uh emotional Life. worst yeah yeah that sounds terrible <laughs> and i'm wondering i'm like how do you sleep in how do you sleep in a tour bus during the day yeah doesn't it get all the windows hot? down oh yeah i'm sh- i mean i'm sure is there just solutions like a, for that is there just like a driver keeping the bus on sitting there with ed sheeran while he sleeps maybe <laughs> also every time i've thought about anything ed sheeran or shape of you related anything that could possibly make me think of that song mm-hmm. in like the last month it's gotten stuck in my head because that's that's his job <laughs> that's why fun fact to all you listeners out there it is the most streamed song on spotify ever with like 2.7 billion streams yeah that's crazy it's insane i don't think of it as a particularly like amazing song either i mean it's good 
I love the song. It's very catchy. But I'm like, like lyric wise, I'm like, eh, very normal. Ed Sheeran's capable of some like really great deep lyrics. And I don't know. There's something about that very simple concept, I guess, that people relate to. Do you f- also feel like, now I don't know Ed Sheeran and if there are any diehard Ed Sheeran fans listening, I apologize, but I don't get the, I don't feel like the vibe of Shape of You is true to Ed's personality. Like, I don't see Ed, I don't see him being the guy that's like, oh, we drink fast, but we talk slow. I'm going to go to the jukebox in the club and put on Van Morris. I don't know. It just sounds. What do you you mean by that? I, I just feel like he wouldn't go out to a club with his buddies to like meet bitches like, <laughs> well he he doesn't he, he does not say that in the song no. <laughs> but i don't know i just i feel like he's um i don't know not that kind of guy i think he Do is you know quite, I, mean? I think he is quite the party animal i think that's his mm. reputation at least it, at one point but right, i, I think the other i think the other interesting <laughs> great <laughs> i think the other interesting thing about ed sheeran though is that he writes a lot of music for other artists right like uh, love yourself is by ed sheeran Oh, not yeah. just a beaver. Right. So he's written a lot for other people. And I think that um, once you get to that point, I don't know. I think it changes. The, it fundamentally changes the way you write music. I think Julia Michaels. Do you know Julia Michaels? I think I, I think I know the name. Right. She like took some time and wrote music for other people. And when she came back to her own music, she was like, it definitely changed my perspective. So I would imagine that once you get to a point where you're like able to leave your personal perspective and write for someone else. Then maybe you can do that more with your own music. Yeah, and it's it's funny looking through credits and being like, oh, they wrote on this song, like the new Selena Gomez and Blackpink song, Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande is a writer on that song. Oh wow, which is just fascinating. I think a lot of people wanted her to be the feature on that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was gonna say one more thing about that, but I used to be such a little uh, snobby dickling about (laughs) well really everything but mostly music and when i was i think after i graduated college i came home that summer and i was hanging out with my friend matt who's a trump trumpeteer (laughs) trumpeter Mm -hmm. he plays the trumpet and i brought my acoustic guitar and we did like a little instagram cover of love yourself and i in in the caption for it you can find it on my instagram I, in the caption, I wrote like, oh, this is Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Oh, but actually, and then I wrote like hashtag Ed Sheeran actually wrote this song. Right. Because like I didn't think Justin Bieber was worth being. Credited? Yeah. Yeah. I really hated like all those. <laughs> Mainstream? Yeah. I really, oh, right. Taylor Swift sucks. Yeah, I was there Bieber too. Bieber sucks. At one point. You really grow out of that once you realize. How hard it is to be an artist. <laughs> I mean, once I realized that, I was just jealous. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and most people who hate on things, that's usually, or that could be part of the reason, depending on what it is. Right. But that was definitely my reasoning, and I am over that. Yeah. I think it's honestly just a lot more liberating to be like, yep, I am jealous. That means that I know what I want, right? And and I'm closer to having it for that reason. And also, being honest and having integrity in any scenario is the right thing to do sure and it'll make everything better (laughs) yes so yeah totally was jealous okay so i just want to point out that every couple minutes eric has been standing up we're in our old studio which is kind of like bare bones well you know it's still really messy but eric has deconstructed his desk and everything because 
Well, we're moving on Thursday, but today we're having our pod delivered. For reference, it is Monday right now. Mm -hmm. So this is our third to last day here. Right. So I think we talked about this in the previous episode, but Eric decided that instead of renting a big old truck and having to deal with the hassle of that, uh, we would just have a pod delivered. We'd fill it up. They'd uh, they'd take care of the driving for us and drop it off in our new driveway uh, in San Diego. <laughs> and it only costs like a few hundred dollars extra. Which we suspect would be would offset the gas price anyway, right? Yeah, because the price of the U-Haul or like company this is not an ad for pods but that would be sick uh (laughs) (laughs) sponsored by pods right yeah the u-haul it doesn't include the price of having to fill that stupid non-efficient tank which apparently gets 100 miles per gallon you said no 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 you have to refill every 100 miles okay 100 miles per gallon i'm like three times more than i was like wait wait wait. no 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 yeah it gets like the math doesn't work and i'm like i'm a I am really uneducated when it comes to um, cars in general. I'm like, what even is mileage? <laughs> I don't Sarah, know what my mileage is. You get and thir- I have no concept of space and time either. So I'm just floating around in this world like a, you know, a pickle in a jar. You're a spiritual <laughs> pickle in the jar that is the universe. Sorry. Every hundred miles. Your car gets 33 <laughs> miles per gallon, yeah. which is highly efficient. Nice. The U-Haul gets 7.8. <laughs> which you know i was reading like i said i think i believe it was the last episode i said i read that article about why you sh- or not why you shouldn't rent a u-haul but just what to look out for and one of them was like you have to plan to stop like at least every hundred miles to refill that right bad so boy. i meant a hundred miles a tank but did we talk about that stretch of that's what i was gonna mention ice? so eric gets obsessed with like little pieces of trivia so the other day he discovered that there is a stretch of of road in Utah, where there's no rest stops or gas stations for, what, 120 miles, 160 miles? 106 miles. 106. <laughs> Again, no concept of space, time, or anything. Like uh, 3,000 miles? How long uh, do you think it would take to drive 106 miles? Just off the top of your head. And at an hour and 45 minutes. Okay, that was like exactly right. Because I'm just saying 60 miles an hour. Is okay, I just you, wanted to see if you could. I can do basic math. I just don't have any like, I just don't have any information about what the numbers mean. Right. <laughs> okay. Great. So the point of all this is after reading that article saying you have to gas up every hundred of mi- every hundred miles and then later reading an article about how there's 106 miles without cell phone service, a gas station, or no a bathroom. No cell phone service? You didn't mention that. I guess that makes sense, though. Yeah, we don't need cell phone service. What if I have to contact you? Walkie-talkies. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Sarah's too afraid to use the walkie-talkie. I don't like it. It's easy. You just pick it up. You don't have to look at anything. You just press the one button on it. Yeah, but see, I've talked about this like sense of embarrassment that follows me everywhere I go inexplicably. It's not inexplicable. It is inexplicable. Okay, okay. Childhood trauma, sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just something so embarrassing to me about using a walkie-talkie to talk to you. But it's just me. I know. <laughs> There's no one else on the line. Right, but recall that it took me like two years to be able to use the Amazon Alexa. Amazon Echo, sorry, in front of you. yeah you're weird about certain things yeah and then like literally after the first time sarah saw me naked 
I was just walking around naked from there. And like, I was never after that. I'm like, oh, you see me naked. So here's my butt walking around the house. I'm like the exact opposite of you in that way. It's it's true. You're such an absolute four. What? (laughs) You're such a four. It sounded like an insult the way you said it. Um, I know. Also, you have no idea what a four is. So a four is you. Yeah. We're talking about the Enneagram number, if you didn't latch on. But. You don't know what traits are the fourness and what which are the other other things I scored high on. Which category does cute fall under? I don't know. Is that part of the four or is that something else? I think, else? you know, I would, I would wager to guess that each number has its own variety of cute. Okay, you have all of them because you're cute <laughs> in every single way. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Eric has been standing up waiting, like checking our driveway to see if the pod has been delivered. Because here's the thing. When I filled out the the form for getting the pod delivered to our new place in San Diego they asked they asked what the setup of the driveway in relation to the house is and then they asked which way you'd like the door of the pod to be facing they did not ask me this in regards to the delivery at our house now so I'm waiting. It says, due to COVID-19 restrictions, don't go meet and greet Leave your driver. Leave the fuck alone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my mask on and stay a- at a distance, but I need to go out there to tell the driver, please put the door facing this certain way mm-hmm. so we don't get fucked. So if Eric bolts unexpectedly, you'll know why. Yeah. Can you bring the driver some cookies? Um, I think that might, that <laughs> might violate, it? violate their COVID-19 you know, but, but you know, it's, it's really up to the driver. Yeah. Hey, did you know there were some people that thought there were 18 variations of COVID before 19? Mm. And they didn't realize that it was COVID-19 because it started in 2019. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. There are a lot of people who were like, oh, yeah, it's, I mean, we got through the first 18 of them. And people were like, no, 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 it's not (laughs) like that. It's about the year. There are probably more. I don't know. These things change all the time. I, I like I funny. said, I don't know what numbers mean. I never actually thought about it or even considered asking why 19. I mean, yeah, it could be one of those things where it's just like it's some sign. It's a number that's has some scientific purpose that we're unaware of. Right. It's not. But anyway, <laughs> moving on to the actual topic 15 minutes into this episode. I, I mean, everything is the actual topic. We're in a state of chaos. Flux. We really are. Chaos. I mentioned cookies because yesterday I worked. Well, okay, I was working all day. I got up a new video, which is a tutorial on how to make the crunch wrap supreme, but vegan. Guys, go check out that video. Sarah did an absolutely beautiful job on it, well, and the crunch wraps were fucking delicious. <laughs> um, and so I did that, got that up, and then I had to make a couple of recipes for Ninja, the blender company. One of which was some cookies. So. We have a couple days to be here and a huge batch of cookie dough, and I need to pawn it all off on someone else. You have to bake it. Because otherwise then, I'll eat it all. <laughs> when Trav and Victoria come over to, we're giving our friends like some random stuff like- um, Our air fryer. Our air fryer, some extra like professional lighting that we have that we don't use anymore because Trav's getting into making videos. Check out Rad Snake on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So when they come over, we're going to pawn off all the cookies on them. <laughs> These two people who over the last few years have both lost a, l- a, a bunch of weight mm-hmm. and have gotten like, like... jointly like hundreds of pounds, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So they're vegan and they're super into fitness and they both lost a bunch of weight. 
and Vicky has said if she takes one sip of a regular soda, she will gain all the weight <laughs> Relapse. back because she's so addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still gonna we're gonna give them cookies. We're also probably gonna give them some vegan beef because for okay. months I have been accumulating different brands of vegan burgers. Like the realistic kind, you know, like the Beyond Meat Impossible variety, because now every brand is coming out with a version. Trader Joe's, Kroger. Yeah, we intended to do like a comprehensive taste test, kind of like what we did with all the vegan butter brands. And like we just keep getting closer to this move date and I'm like, this is not happening. And now we need to flush out our like $100 or more worth of vegan meats. Be like, <laughs> yeah, so here's the, here are the lights. Here's the air fryer. I'm gonna get up really close Here's to Travis. Some heart disease. So you want some? You want some beef? <laughs> I want some beef, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both from Alabama, so they do this. What are the chances that they're both from Alabama, but they met here? I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. We love them. Some people are meant to be. Okay, so just talking about this, it, it's it's making me think about how much more I like the vegan aspect of our brand Hmm. and like that part of our lives Mm -hmm. since we've been working on music and stuff right and i think that leads us into what we're talking about yeah so this is something we've kind of touched on in previous episodes as like you guys literally in the past like couple months i guess have kind of seen us move closer and closer to figuring out what we want to do with music and kind of stepping into that role for ourselves And we talked about how we kind of had to reframe. It was like we felt like the things we were doing to make our money, like for me, Sarah's Vegan Kitchen, for Eric, freelance music and like... Collecting unemployment. (laughs) Yeah, um, that. Like we were like, oh, these are just things we have to do to survive. And it's taking up our time so that we can't make music all day. I just want to make music all day. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be cool? And then we realized like... Anytime you're a creator, an entertainer, I guess maybe not if you're like in what's like an A-list celebrity, like, you know, I don't know, like an act, a Hollywood actor or something. Bradley Cooper of sorts. (laughs) They don't have to be so, um, they don't really have to build a brand because they're just, their brand is, I'm an actor, I can be someone else every time I'm in a different project. But for, for artists... It's really important we're learning to kind of have that brand that's your personality. That's like how you connect with people, what people can relate to. And so it's like gone are the days where you're just your band gets discovered at a dive bar and then you're a millionaire and you're touring all over the world. It's like sometimes that might happen, I guess. I guess the dive bar situation is like the modern day version of that is like my song blew up on SoundCloud, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are those freak incidents, I guess, but mostly people are just putting in a lot of work. So not only are they creating music, but they're also really active on social media, connecting with, like, you just can't, no number is too small, right? As far as audience goes, it's like to influence millions of people, you have to start by influencing one. So it's like you're just, you really have to be creating content that gives people a window into your life and like why they should support you versus any other artist because there's so much music now, right? Yeah. And we we kind of we kind of came up with the plan the other night 
as you all know, we tend to have these conversations later in the evening, n- unplanned. When we're stressed. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of they just kind of happen, and it's great because it, it, that's just how it goes, and they're not forced, and it works for us. Mm-hmm. So we had one of these conversations the other night, and we kind of put together a plan of how we want to attack our creative outlets. Mm-hmm. Can we? We can talk about this. We can right. just close these things, right? Yeah, I mean, so just to wrap up the thought I was I was saying before is like instead of thinking about Sarah's Vegan Kitchen or like our the content we are making for our cute threat channel that's not our original music, like instead of thinking about that as a hassle and something that we're going to eliminate one day as soon as we're making money off of streams or touring or whatever, we're like, well, this is this is content we should be making anyway, and that we'll probably always continue to make to some capacity in some capacity um because it's like another way for people to connect to us like sarah's vegan kitchen doesn't need to be about music do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because at at the core of me and you like we bond over food like food is one of the first things we bonded over besides fitness and it's like that's always going to be a part of my personality and if i can just like find a way to make it like fun and authentic and show a little bit of my personality, but also help people, then that's just one more way that I can um, hopefully create an avenue for people to be interested in other parts of my life that matter to me, like music. Mm-hmm. So reframing that has been, it's its made things simpler. It's made things have more purpose and meaning. Um, and we're just thinking like, what are other ways can we expand those avenues? And speaking of the word expand... A lot of this started because I found myself an expander. Oh, yeah? And if you're not familiar with what an expander is, Sarah taught me this. But let me know if I get this definition wrong or if you want to add to it. You'll get it right. An expander is someone who basically they they do what you want to be doing. And it's less of like a role model or an idol and more of like something to model yourself yeah. after. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? Yeah, so it's like, this goes back to what we were talking about either last episode or the episode before, where it's like, find the next logical step in your journey, rather than like this big, like, rather than saying like, oh, I'm going to be Billie Eilish one day, which is fine. That's that's an expander too. But it's like, find someone who has something in common with you. Like, oh, this is someone who has something I want, and they're from my cultural background, or they're in the genre, like they make the genre of music, or they make music at home and that's what I want to do. Like something like specific that you can relate to that it makes it really believable to you that oh, they did it. I'm like them in this way. I can do it too. And you can you can go out searching for expanders mm-hmm. or sometimes they just find you. For example, I would say one of our expanders as an artist, as a musical duo is Cami. Mhm. So if you don't know her, she's she was Supreme Banana on YouTube. Now she just goes by her name, which is Cami Petten. Mm-hmm. But she she still does vegan YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. But she taught herself or she started taking singing lessons and guitar lessons. And she basically like, I want to be a musician. I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And now she makes original music. She does music related videos on her YouTube channel. Right. And she's just a person who she she like she segued from what we do on youtube Mm -hmm. to what we want to be doing Mm -hmm. so she's a good model of like huh okay someone else did it Mm -hmm. 
and Cammy's not she doesn't have 18 billion listeners like mm-hmm. Billie Eilish so it's like she's an Believable. attainable goal mm-hmm. right she's that she's that next step for us where she's at right so she's one of our expanders were you gonna name someone else before yeah so th- the new one I found is this guy his his name is Simon but he goes by blanks is his artist name but his go he goes by Simon Cowell <laughs> yeah ever heard of him <laughs> No, his his musical artist name is Blanks, and his YouTube channel is called Music by Blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into music or or not, go check him out because he's very entertaining. But he just does a lot of cool, cool music videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of realized there are different there are different like categories of music channels m- music channels on YouTube. Right. So his his most popular videos are what he calls style swaps. Mm-hmm. So he'll take like a modern pop song. Like his most popular video might be he does an 80s version of Better Now by Post Malone. Mm-hmm. And I started watching the, I started seeing them like a few years ago and I was like, oh, it's like a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. But I never had, I was always too scared to do it. Yeah. You know? So now we've been watching his videos and he's also been doing these videos where like, he reaches out to his followers and he'll like ask them like he'll he'll give them a poll which is like oh do you, i'm i'm going to make a song i'm going to put the camera on i'm just going to write a song with you guys and i'll ask them like should the song be about this or this should it have this instrument or this instrument and then he'll just like make a song based on that mm-hmm. and i'm like that's a great great idea right and i want to do it mhm And I think the interesting thing, especially with the style swaps and why I would love for you to start doing those is that like we have like another type of music channel is like people who just make covers like there's this voice Avenue. Avenue. They have like as soon as a popular song hits the charts, they are on it. They release a cover immediately and they're like really capitalizing on on the interest of that song. And they always do it in their specific style, Mm -hmm. which is like. Acoustic guitars, like a soft voice, right, and like a hand drum, right. And so we're like, yeah, undoubtedly, it would be silly for us to not do covers because that's just one way to get people to listen to your music when you're starting kind of from zero. Um, and there have been a number of covers we've kind of attempted, and it's just sometimes it's sometimes a song really speaks to you, and you're like, oh fuck, I want to cover this. I love this. I'm enthusiastic. But sometimes it's like really hard to, I don't know, to to care enough. And I think that something about something that makes Eric really good at freelance music is that he's very adaptable. And if you give him a task, he's like very much a doer. So like he knows a lot about music and different genres and like different sounds. And if you tell him, I want this thing in this genre or style with this instrumentation, he can execute that. And so being able to step outside of our like cute threat sound, which we are still kind of establishing, but it's like a little more grungy and like uh, sad sometimes. Alternative indie pop. Yeah. Being able to kind of step outside of that and not and not be like, okay, well, this is how every cover has to sound now, but be like, well, maybe I want to make it 80s. Maybe I want to make it like, I don't know, reggae. Do you know what I mean? I think will be a good challenge for you. And the the great thing, well, another great thing about this is when I was saying that, I kind of felt like 
I was like, huh, I'm just telling everyone who listened to the podcast that I'm stealing this guy's ideas. And then I'm like, but wait, hold on. Simon loves, he loves 80s. Mm-hmm. All of his style swaps are... And he's also not the only person. He probably didn't make up that idea either. Right, right. He's just the first person I saw do it. All of his like pop songs that are style swapped, are all, they all get turned into like 80s bops, mm-hmm. like Take On Me style. And he's done a few where their 80s bops turned into like modern styles. And I'm like, that's not what ours is going to be at all because I don't give a shit about the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, but I mean, I like I'm it. I'm sure but, you'll do it sometimes. Right, because but... it is fun. Mm-hmm. And like there are a ton of like stock synth sounds mm-hmm. in all these plugins I have that are 80s because people love it mm-hmm. thanks to like The weekend. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, Eric, uh, all your stuff is going to come out totally different than his because you're a totally different musician. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Well, that's what music is. You know, there's only so many like chord progressions, right? Yeah. And it's like, or at least so many chord prog- progressions that humans prefer to hear in Western culture, which is what we're catering to. You know, it's like, it's not so much about whose idea it was, but about your particular execution. And that's kind of, that that relates to like why people like, to see that personal side of their favorite artist's life. It's like not just about the way they sound, but like also they're fun. They like the Starbucks drink that I like. They, I don't know, they do the same sport as me. Mm -hmm. They're from my cultural background. Like there's all these ways that we can connect with people, right? It's like, I love Billy Joel because he's written about, he's had depression and that is valuable to me to have someone with that perspective so it's just like, you know, it. people want to hear old things and new sounds too, right? It's like I'm listening to this book that Eric bought, an audiobook called Hitmakers. And this guy's talking about how humans want to be surprised but also feel safe and familiar. And like they love familiarity and finding that like perfect balance is, is what makes a hit. That's why I've I, – every, every show I've played as a musician – has the crowd's been composed of people, mostly people I know, mm-hmm. and then like the people who the other bands know, right? Right? Because I've never played any shows where people, oh, hey, the band's playing, let's go in. Mm-hmm. It's always just the girlfriends and parents and friends of the bands playing, which sucks, but that's how you start, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes the fans of the other bands or the supporters of the other bands actually like you and say something nice to you mm-hmm. and my favorite compliment i've which i've gotten a few times is huh i like your music it's like it feels familiar like it feels like i've heard it before but i haven't yeah and that's i i know you might not agree with that being like the best compliment because we've talked about it but <laughs> i love it because that means that like i'm making something innovative and new but something that still makes the audience feel like mm-hmm. you said safe yeah. Well, that's why I don't know if you've mentioned Max in a past episode, but it's like Eric's friend who is also trying to get a music career off the ground. Um, Kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's like a, cu- he's a couple steps ahead of us because he already has original music out mm-hmm. and has been like kind of building his online platform for a while. You can check him out. He goes by The Deep End. The Deep End. I wonder if he'll keep that or end up going by his name. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Uh, you've like played, he sent you like his EPs and stuff and I've, you've played it over your car speakers. I've been like, this sounds like something I've heard before. 
And even his voice sounds very familiar. Like, it's a really good voice. I'm like, it sounds like I know this, but there's like modern touches to it. And I feel like that's like a good way to lure people in. Mm -hmm. People don't really like new. It's like, that's why um, radio kind of determines or like now Spotify playlists, I guess, kind of determine what music gets big. It's just a matter of how many times can you get this song in front of someone before they're like, oh, I recognize this song. It's Mm -hmm. catchy. It's an earworm, you know, man, it takes so long for the human brain to give a single shit about a song (laughs) yeah and that and i'm not being like Mm -hmm. elitist like oh these these plebs these (laughs) non-musicians like Mm -hmm. me everyone like everyone is included in this yeah like you've you've played phoebe bridger's songs Mm -hmm. where i'm like okay great that's a song yeah but it's only until you start putting on a few times where i'm like huh i also have emotional motion sickness yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, and it's not something I've learned from Max too. Max and I have this very we should we need to have him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just about like it doesn't have to be all about music, but about doing what you want to do right. and achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. But we've always had this relationship since we met years and years ago where I'm just like, "Huh, he's a really talented musician and he has a really good ear for production." Mm-hmm. And since I'm older and started doing it first, he thinks the same thing about me. But he has this like, it's actually, it's really Mentor, weird. Mentor, mentee. Yeah, it's dynamic. really weird for me because I think Max is more talented than me. But <laughs> he has like, yeah, he views me as like this mentor, which is, which is really cool. <laughs> but. You're like, yeah, pile it on, pile it on. Yeah, lay it on. Come on, <laughs> come on. Um, It's like me getting my yearbook signed in high school. I'm like, write all the nice things. <laughs> if you, if you need to cry while you're writing, I'll give you a tissue. <laughs> but so we'll send each other like unfinished mixes of our songs and be like hey will you listen to this and tell me what you think Mm -hmm. but something i've learned from him is he's he also got sick of the genre he was pigeonholing himself in Mm -hmm. like this emo pop punk thing Mm -hmm. and he was like eric i have a new song i'm kind of scared can will you listen to it and i think it was one of his new singles haunting and he just like it was like half of that like pop punk thing mm-hmm. and the other half was just like post malone like hip-hop beat with and he was like mm-hmm. kind of rapping mm-hmm. and he's like oh what, this isn't like me at all what do you think i'm like max if if anyone heard this who doesn't know you they would not know that this isn't your normal thing right. i'm like it just sounds good mm-hmm. yeah i was like expecting you to talk for so much longer my brain turned off and i'm like oh what, sorry what? No, um, I wanted to I wanted to wrap it up, but Oh, you did. No, I want to wrap up that thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting, but I what were we talking about familiarity and mm-hmm. like you kind of like sneaking into someone's ear holes. Yeah. Um god, I don't what do I want to say? <laughs> I feel uh you feel on all... the spot now. Oh, well, we can go back to talking about like the cute threat YouTube channel. Oh. And what we want to explore there. Sure. All right. And that's that's the first thing is having blanks as an expander and try, just trying to come up with these ideas that I've had in the past, mm-hmm. but I've been too scared to execute yeah. because I didn't have any subscribers. Sure. And now we have a you few. little fame whore. Um, I know. So we were talking about this the other day, actually, is that like the way our, our team dynamic is, is like, I feel like I'm... You're like like this doer, 
you're so good at like getting things done you're really good at follow through you're good at like the technical details that go into accomplishing things and I'm like this ideas person and it's very hard for me like I need that engine behind me to see things through but like it's almost like we have these phases where we'll make a little bit of progress or a lot of bit of progress like not just um like activity wise like we don't not just getting things done but also like these ideological advance advances like we have that switch in perspective and then we'll run with that for a while make some progress and then we'll like hit another wall and then we're like spinning our wheels and getting really frustrated and i'm like depressed again and then then like i reach this like rock bottom (laughs) and i'm like oh this is what we need to do. And then I like smash down this next wall. And then that's where Eric like turns on his motor and is like, okay, I'm taking this as far as we can get it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I think that's interesting about us. And I think that's what makes us well suited to work together. But I really, I like being that person who like is synthesizing our conversations and experiences and being like, oh, this is, this is what we do next. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny because Usually the things that I'm saying or recommending that we do next are things like Eric just said that he's already considered, but for whatever reason is like, I don't like what's the point or here's the reasons why it won't work. But somehow like when we're both on the same page about something, we can get it much further. Well, this leads me to a few thoughts and I want to say them out loud and then choose one, but I want to say them out loud so you hear them and Mm -hmm. can remember One, I want to go back and talk about the different kinds of music channels on YouTube Mm -hmm. and how we want to fit ourselves into all of them in Mm -hmm. in some way. And then the other thing I want to talk about is now that I'm – well, let's start here. Now that I said, oh, well, I've never had any subscribers to put these videos out to, so I never wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. So now we have – our YouTube channel, the Cute Threat channel, has 7,000 subscribers now. Mm Mm-hmm. And those are mostly people who came from like our BTS reaction videos, mm-hmm. which we've done two of them. And they, they've both done, I would say, pretty well. Yeah. But the other thing about that is that those subscribers are, are not necessarily transferable to our music. Right. They're mostly there because they like seeing us react to their favorite band, which is cool. But they're going to find out eventually that that's not what our channel is. I mean... And that's not what our sound is either. Right. So, like, sure, we're going to keep doing reaction videos, but we'll probably do one, like, maybe once a month. And we'll start peppering in these videos as we settle down to our new house. Um, So, it's like, I I don't know. I'm excited to do these videos because there are people who are subscribed who might watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just thinking that even if most of these people only really care about reaction videos and whatnot we'll still get a few views and then hopefully that'll help bring in views from the other side of youtube who are people who want to see me make music Mm -hmm. or us make music yeah right so um what was i thinking i was thinking so this is the another change in perspective we had recently Mm -hmm. like a couple days ago which is that for a long time we were trying to figure out how we could we're always talking about like Jasmine and Chris of Sweet Simple Vegan who are a couple who run a really successful vegan blog and business and YouTube channel. 
hate Instagram. And Chris all very those, successfully runs now. Yeah, all those platforms. So we've we've always been like, okay, well, they have this lifestyle working as a team on this project. Why can't we do that? And then we can have some more money and then we can use that money to make music. And then I was like, we're thinking about it incorrectly because we are not wanting to make Sarah's Vegan Kitchen our business. We're wanting to make it kind of an outlet for people to connect with us and drive them to our music. And then I was like, here's, a, here's an important thing to know, like when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, which I feel like for a long, long time, I was very at odds with the idea of being a someone in business, like an entrepreneur. I was like, I'm an artist. I don't sell things. I just make stuff. And if people like it, then they can consume it. But it's like, no, you really do have to like every public figure is in some way like a business, like even athletes, once they retire, they need to sell products like fragrance, the clothing line. Um, so I'm like, so when you're an entrepreneur, an important thing I think to realize is that as soon as you can feasibly give a task away to someone else who will do it better than you and wants to do it, the better. Because then, because as an artist, there's certain things that only you can do. And that's where you should be allocating your time and energy. And I've realized like holding on to editing and like, then we're like, well, I'll, I'll pay you to edit, Eric. And it's like, well, but Eric doesn't want to, to like 10 years from now does not want to be editing our videos i'm just doing it to help so eric would spend time like learning how to edit and then spend time editing and i'd be paying him like what i'd pay another editor and then he's going to have a skill that he doesn't really want to have and we're both going to be busy working on this thing that ultimately we don't want to be taking up all our time i'm like what if what if instead of you being part of my like behind the scenes team you you be the person who's really leading the charge on our music channel and then each of us because really both of these are about not only um helping people but also showing our personalities and connecting with people in that way then what if each of us just kind of guests on the other person's channel and that and then that's where we're connecting with people which I already do. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're a viewer of Sarah's Vegan Kitchen, you know that I'm, like, in every video. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the star of the show mm -hmm. because it's Sarah's Vegan Kitchen. <laughs> um, right. Even though we both technically split the rent on the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> to you, be fair, I, I buy most of the things inside of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, everything that's used in the kitchen belongs to Sarah. Um, but that's besides the point. The point is that, you know, I'm in every video, mm -hmm. usually, even if it's for like a minute. Right. But for the longest time, we've been like, oh, well, Eric, let's teach Eric how to film. Let's teach him how to use a digital camera. Let's have Eric sharing some of his recipes, which isn't to say that one day he won't for fun. But it's like, but I don't, why would I don't we care do about that? recipes. Like, that's right. not my thing. I'm like, I have put in my 10,000 hours, undoubtedly, when it comes to cooking. I'm like, I can... It's something I'm passionate about. I will create the content. You pop in at the end and we'll taste test and like talk to the camera for 10 minutes. And anyone who cares to stick around for that can. And then I can't do any pro music production whatsoever. 
I can write music. I can sing. Those are my fortes. But Eric is the one who builds our music. I I probably have ten thousand my ten thousand hours yeah. in music as a whole, right? I Between would bet. production and playing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like Eric knows way more about all of the technical aspects. So it, it wouldn't make sense for me to try to like have even stock in our like YouTube channel. Um, but like Eric can make one of his style swap songs and then I can pop in and throw on some vocals because we're trying to promote our music. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, I, and I'm I can not the guess, singer. Right. And I can guest in a reaction video because people like to see our dynamic. I think that's what's fun too is like, I'm not just having you on my channel because I'm like, oh, we're a couple. We make stuff together. It's like, I like who I am when I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? It's and, more interesting. And that is what happens in real life. Sarah yeah. works her ass off on something and says, babe, will you come? Dr- <laughs> I was I was deconstructing our little studio setup yesterday and she walked in with a cookie. And she was like, will you try this? And I'm like, yeah. So that's actually how our life is. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the Cute Threat channel, all of our plans for that that's kind that's also how our music life goes mm-hmm. whereas we come up with an idea i produce it and this is a very boiled down shortened uh version of how it actually goes mm-hmm. but i produce it and sarah comes in and does vocals yeah so like that's kind of how it would really go where i'm like okay babe i want to do this cover song and i want to do it in the style of this how does that sound mm-hmm. you're like yes or no for these reasons mm-hmm. and then you leave I make the whole thing. I come back. Babe, this is what I got. What do you think? You're like, great. Let me sing over it. Mm -hmm. So they're both very accurate representations of how these things actually go off camera. Right. And I think that's that's like that golden, um, (laughs) that like spot, that sweet spot where it's like, I'm making something that I like and it still takes effort from me, but it's it's authentic to me. Mm -hmm. It's I'm taking the extra steps to, right? So it's like, if I tried to make content like Sweet Simple Vegan, like, I don't know, and I spend like three days testing a recipe super rigorously to put it on my blog, then like, yeah, it's a cooking video, but it's not the way that I would normally cook things. And it's not the way that I enjoy cooking things. So it's like, how can I find something that I can put on my cooking channel that's true to me and that doesn't suck the life out of me? And it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be the way other people do it you know what i mean there's so many different ways to um share similar kinds of create similar kinds of content you know what the funniest part of this whole conversation is in my opinion hmm. is that this is just a different version of when you told me you don't have to work in a warehouse because you have other talents mm-hmm. that you're that you that you could succeed at right so leave the job in the warehouse and let someone who whose biggest talent would be working in that warehouse yeah work in the warehouse right where you you go do make you go do make music (laughs) you know right well it's all about it's the same thing it's all about believing that each person has that like that no job is like fundamentally above or below or worse like do you know what i mean like there's different levels of compensation and like experience required for different jobs but it's like they're there are people who thrive when they're in charge of operations or they are really, really good at managing people and like leading morale for their team. And it's like, it would be a shame for you 
to be occupying that space where that person could really excel and find meaning doing something that you hate. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think just thinking about it that way is, is important. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny to me because you told me that for so long, mm -hmm. you're like, open, open the position for someone who will thrive and mm -hmm. enjoy it. Right. And like you said, we'll bring meaning to their life. Mm -hmm. And it's literally the same thing with the editing. You're like, yeah. why are we going to force ourselves to do it when we can give someone who loves editing? Yeah. We can give it to them. And that's that's why, like, so I think the last kind of thought that we want to leave this off on is, like, we're realizing that to accomplish, like, big things, we need to bring in more effort. So I definitely want to start hiring a team. I have a couple of emails, which I'm I'm really bad at answering emails. So that's another thing that I probably need to have someone else doing because I'm terrible at it. It stresses me out. But like there are people like Eric who like love answering emails. So Eric has been helping me actually answer brand emails and stuff. Because Sarah's like, I don't want to ask for money. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to ask for money, even if I'm not getting any of the money. I want you to ask you are indirectly. I mean, as a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like when you make money, we both. Right. But you know what I mean? You're like, but pay me, bitch. No, but <laughs> the money is going to you. Sure. And I'm still like, I want to ask for it. Right. So, yeah. So it's like I would. So I have some emails right now from people who are interested in, in editing my videos, which is so weird because like last year, I think beginning of the year, I solicited like applications for people to start editing my videos. And then like I went through everyone's. I don't know. I'm just bad at like following through with things and I like couldn't choose and I felt really awkward about rejecting people and I never ended up taking on an editor. And then we tried Eric editing my videos for a while. Which um, made no sense because I was, I'm bad at it. <laughs> like it just takes me a long time. Sure. Uh, he has, it has helped, you know, in many situations. It's yeah. a certain type of video that Eric wants to edit though. Um, a vlog. A vlog, not like a long voiceover. But it's like now... All of a sudden, like after over like like a, over a year of no people like mentioning it or anything, like those applications just kind of fell off. I randomly got three people ask me if they if I need an editor, and I'm like, oh, I need to respond to these people. It's just been kind of busy, and I've been like, I'm such a procrastinator that I've been like, oh, I can't really start an editor now because I need to finish this video like ASAP. But once we're moved in. And I can like plan out a little calendar of content I want to go live for the rest of the year, which I really want to do for both of our channels. Um, then I want to hire someone. Isn't it funny how we both got big jobs mm -hmm. like <laughs> within seven days of us having to move? Right. Like you got two brand deals mm -hmm. and I got someone asked me for a package of six theme songs. Right. Which I... I, I never get projects like that. I always, every, right. every project is, he, please do one theme song. Right. Yeah. So I'm working with Day. I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but I get to create a couple of recipes for Day, and I'm just trying to get it done before we pack up our kitchen. So today I'm going to make a buffalo chicken pizza, which is going to be great. And then mm. tomorrow I have to make, um, what is it? A meatball sub. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like, just like one more time, like hammering home, like reframing Sarah's vegan kitchen to be this thing in support of my art. It's so much nicer because now I know what they're going to pay me. And I'm like, wow, this gives us some freedom to maybe hire a photographer or like maybe when we want someone to edit our, our music video or color grade our music video. Once again, because I'm not going to do all that forever because that's not my like area of expertise, right? Yeah. I wonder if 
if this in the long term will help you get over your like discomfort around money With asking money asking for money right because like once you have a specific thing to put it towards right right because you're not like okay well this brand is going to give me x amount of money and mm-hmm. like uh, like sure i'll pay my rent but like yeah then what Right. I actually think that, so I say no to, or I've like said no to a lot of opportunities just because I felt uncomfortable asking for money. But like, as I just say yes, and even if I ask for like too little, and then I realize over the course of completing the project, like, oh, this is worth more money. That really does like kind of inform me of like what I, what my rate should be. So I feel like I'm just gathering more information on that. And I think it does to answer your question. I, I think it will help because now I have that meaning. I'm like, well, this is what my creative energy is worth, I think. Because I, I, like, I don't want to be like a video editor forever, but I'm a really good cook. And I do, I, I make high quality material, I think. Some high quality shit. Yeah. And so I, I'm, that's why it's like, it's interesting. We brought up Cami earlier and it's like, she started as a vegan YouTuber, but she she like everyone loves food right and she does like mukbangs and stuff but she used to like cook and stuff and that's not her you know zone of genius really so it makes sense that she's kind of starting to phase that out and she's like very personality based yeah her, i mean her she's platforms. like she's a performer mm-hmm. yeah but like it's for me it's like i identify as a chef really and if i couldn't do music i'd probably have gone to like culinary school and I'd be like a personal chef or something. Do you know what I mean? So, you kind of are a personal chef <laughs> for you, for me. Yeah, and I don't pay you. I'm honestly really excited to be moving in with my mom and to be close to my like all, most of my family is going to be within like a ten minute radius of us. And like, I can't wait to like, I can't wait to invite the family over to our house because my mom's house, my aunt's house, is kind of like the um, the hub for like family parties and stuff. So I can't wait to cook for people. No one's vegan. And I'm going to stun, shock and awe them as to how good vegan food can be. It really does happen. <laughs> and I, I feel I feel just the ever so slightest amount of bittersweet towards moving to San Diego. Because the only bitter part of it is that my 91-year-old grandparents, like I've said, lived there. They lived in Southern California in San Diego for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then three years ago, they moved to the town we currently live in, yeah, in like the suburbs of Colorado, mm-hmm. and now we're moving to San Diego, and yeah. they live here now, and they probably won't be able to visit just because exactly. they're old. Um, yep. Yeah, but we're definitely going to be visiting back here. Eric has so much family here. His mom's here. Yo-Yo's here. That would be my mother's <laughs> dog. <laughs> your your sister. I'm excited to get out of this climate. Yeah. I feel like kind of like trash this morning yeah like we we woke up and the thing about colorado man is that there's barely any time where you don't have to use your heat or air conditioning no there's like none we had like a week of it I, not not even i don't think yeah it, it was 90 degrees up until what's today monday mm-hmm. it was 90 degrees on saturday yeah and then yesterday we turned it off and it was like a normal temperature in the house and then we woke up this morning i went to pee and it was 65 degrees in the house. So I turned the heat on. 
Mm. And now I'm stuffy and like my nose is kind of runny. Yeah. And there's still smoke from wildfires. There's a lot of smoke. Which the always affects us. it was us. like hazy. I was like, what is going on? There's wildfires in California. Well, your grandma said that they're out now in California, but. Maybe she meant just in San Diego, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's dry here and it's ruining us. And it's. it's ruining <laughs> our bodies. It's at, uh, we're at a high altitude too. So everything's mm-hmm. a little bit harder and yeah. I'm ready to be at sea level. I'm ready to be humid i'm ready for my skin to not be dry and my hair to not be dry i'm gonna have you cut off the sleeves on all of my t-shirts <laughs> eric's never gonna wear pants again i i might i will i will literally only ever wear pants again on stage yeah or in music videos yeah <laughs> because you know unless you're like really famous you just don't wear shorts on as a performer as, I a, do. as a man at least. <laughs> yeah as a man I'm you like, can wear I'm like to be wearing booty shorts yeah you can wear short shorts as a woman mm-hmm. or, or, or as a man to like to look sexy mm-hmm. but like i don't wear shorts to look sexy no so, you do it to be uh comfortable, comfortable and breezy but it's not a it's not a it's not a good look mm-hmm. it's a comfortable look it's a good look sometimes yeah anyway <laughs> anyway one time i went on stage when i first moved to colorado and i had high black socks and <laughs> shorts that came like around my knee and one of my friends was like, really good show, but um, you look like four, f- four, f- four foot five on stage. <laughs> like Shua Paul. You look like Shua Paul because of you, there was like no leg showing. It was sock right. and then short. Yeah. And she was like, you look really small on stage. Don't do that. You are really small, but. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to look super short. Also, it's so funny that she told you that. That's very in keeping with her personality. Sure is. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, the pod's still not here. If you've been curious. The pod is... Wait, hold on. No, they put the pod on top of our house. No, what are you doing? Um, thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Please go check out Sarah's Vegan Kitchen if you're unaware. Check out our Cute Threat channel on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you know all the plugs. All the plugs are in the description. Yes. So thank you so much for listening. Thank and you. next time we speak to you, we will be coming at you from Southern California. From sea level, people. We'll from have so much oxygen. I'm going to be so fucking oxygenated. <laughs> we just become smarter <sighs> from the extra oxygen oxygenation of our brains. Maybe. Yeah. I've been stupid since I've lived in Colorado. <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm stupid out here. Yeah, that's why we stayed here for so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love you. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.